Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Back in March, the NBA season was abruptly cut short when a player tested positive for COVID-19. I have to tell you, I had been covering the novel coronavirus for a couple of months at that point, but it felt like that NBA suspension suddenly marked the moment the pandemic became real for many in this country. Last month, the basketball season finally resumed from within what can best be described as a bubble. All of the teams in the league are isolating together at Disney's ESPN Wide World of Sports Complex in Orlando, Florida. In essence, everyone is tested on a nightly basis, and then they, as a practical matter, don't leave their room until they have the results the next morning. That's NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. So that's the type of testing we're undergoing, but we're rigorous about our other protocols. Masks are required at all times on the campus, and we keep people physically distant in any way we can possible in terms of when eating arrangements, um, outdoor activities. It's all the things that um, the doctors are constantly recommending. On today's episode, Coach Greg Popovich from the San Antonio Spurs gives us an insider's perspective on what life is like inside the bubble. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. I'm 71. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to have a lingering heart problem or vascular problem or lung problem because I got sick with COVID. So I better do what I need to do now so that When I'm done with all this silliness in basketball, I can go enjoy other things. Greg Popovich has been head coach of the San Antonio Spurs since 1996. He has led the team to all five of their NBA titles and is widely regarded as one of the greatest coaches in NBA history. He's also been outspoken about issues of racism and social injustice. In a conversation that I had with him before the team's final regular season game, he told me how the age of COVID has presented challenges unlike any he's ever faced before. Players and staff are staying in hotels together for the duration of the season. Everyone has to wear a special electronic wristband for access to the facilities so that they can be traced. There are daily COVID tests and temperature checks. And so far, it seems to be working. Last week, the NBA announced there had been zero new coronavirus cases inside the bubble since the season resumed. I asked Coach Pop, as he's called, what's it been like inside the bubble? The league and Disney have done an unbelievable job of creating an atmosphere that, uh, very honestly, the the best analogy I can make, it's kind of like being at boot camp with a smile, uh, in a a sense. Uh, The logistics that have been in place, the security, the testing. uh, I can't leave my room unless I put on my little... Uh, wristband, uh, and I have to get my oxygen consumption taken. I have to get my temperature taken over my phone. 
before I can leave the building to go to the gym or the food room. Uh, and then to go into that room, I have to do it again. And then later on in the day, I have to go get tested, get my throat swab and my nose swab and that sort of thing. And it happens every day. Going into the gymnasium, uh, you have to check your band again and coming out, the same thing. So it just seems to be working, you know, quite well. Uh, my hope is that we coaches and players and staff won't screw it up by losing our discipline over time uh, the way our country did, very frankly. What is the what is the uh, the sort of enforcement of this then? What happens if somebody does leave the bubble? Uh that's big trouble. Uh, we've had uh, a player do that, uh, step outside the boundary, and uh, Adam Silver, our commissioner, immediately quarantined him for 14 days. So, you know, the accountability was there. It sort of put the fear of God in everybody that we had to abide by these rules. And so far, uh, that's worked very well. You've given us a sense of what the the day is like for you in terms of, you know, you have to wear the band, you're getting tested. Uh, daily, regularly, but what what is the rest of the time like inside the bubble? Right. Well, you know, basketball can only take up so much of your time. Uh, right. It's not. It's a. It's a entertainment for a lot of people, but uh, it's not that complicated. So it behooves one to make sure you figure out how to spend some time because it can get boring. So uh, if you're a, a movie person or you like to read, you enjoy books and newspapers. Uh, if you play games, uh, that's fine. You you can go golf. Uh, there are golfing uh, protocols that are in place. Uh, tennis courts are, are in big use. Uh, ping pong's become a big sport. Uh, so there are some uh, distractions or some things that you can do to to take up your time. And do you do you have one in particular that you uh, you're spending your time doing? You know, I I'm. Uh, Mostly reading. You know, I'm a reader, and uh, it was a good opportunity to take all those books that you know are in your bedroom that you've started five different books at the same time, and you always have a reason why you don't finish. So uh, I've, I've done that a lot and, you know, written a little bit. But other than that, I think what I'm doing is getting ready to be a teacher again. Uh, as far as the schools are concerned, it looks like there's going to be a little bit of stay home uh, for a while. So my eight-year-old granddaughter is going to have the pleasure of me uh, teaching her to focus again every morning <laughs> pretty soon. It's pretty good, a pretty good deal for her. I got to say, get Coach uh, I Pop. Know. Uh, you know. uh, I don't know. I have three kids, uh, 15, 13, and 11, three girls. And, you know, they, they've been, they've been really good, you know, but it's been since mid-March that they've largely been at home. And just recently with my 15-year-old, it's sort of become a little bit of this uh, respectful, but but a frank discussion about, look, I, everyone's fine. I haven't known anybody who's really gotten sick. She does hear from certain folks, you know, this is more of a hoax. It's not that big a deal, that sort of stuff. And, and I have to have these conversations with her. But I wonder if you run into some of the same things with your own players even. Do you deal with that? And if so, how do you deal with that? I think it always comes down to honesty, transparency, and facts. When they're given the facts about what impact this will have on grandmothers and grandfathers back home, and the fact that recently, I guess we're finding out that it's more dangerous to young people than we might have thought uh, in the very beginning as we learn more and more about the virus. When they get these facts, 
they process them. Uh, and people react to that much better than blowing smoke or, or scaring them to death. Before you even went to Orlando and went inside the bubble, you were critical of, of how Texas overall was handling the virus. How would you grade how Texas has done or how would you describe it overall? Well, I'm not an expert, but being a reasonable individual, I, I think I can fairly look at uh, the quality of information that, that we receive, uh, the consistency of the information, the truthfulness of the information, uh, what the motives are behind whatever information is issued. Uh, those things are easy to see. And I would turn the TV on one day and I would hear our lieutenant governor say that he doesn't need to hear from uh, the scientists anymore. Or uh, the governor would go back and forth, which we've seen on a national level too, on whether to wear masks or not, or when to open up and open up early when the CDC guidelines from the White House say, don't open yet. And so if you're a reasonable individual, you say, why is that? Uh, and then you see the rise that we had along with Florida and Arizona and some places. And it, it just gives you a, that feeling of confusion, of angst, of why are we in this situation? And so I just think it's important for us to make our politicians know that we do have a brain. We are watching them. We have sense. And we would like them uh, to make decisions based on science that are in everybody's best interest. You know, what you're saying seems eminently reasonable, right? I mean, follow the evidence, right. follow the science. You have real world evidence if you look at countries around the world. Why do you think this is happening in places, not just Texas, but we've seen it in Florida. I'm in Georgia right now. We've seen similar sorts of things in Georgia. What do you think is going on here, Coach? Oh, this, that's, that's a great question. I think it, you know, it borders on the philosophical in a sense where we all know the governmental games that have been played. Uh, you know, we all know that the virus is not going to disappear. Uh, we know the virus is not a hoax. We know it's real. What worries me even more is just, in a sense, the fiber of the country, uh, our willingness to be disciplined our penchant for instant gratification, or we can't think ahead to if we do this, then we can have that later. Instead of thinking about opening bars, why couldn't we be thinking about what will this mean for schools later on? Because our children are the most important. So it's always what can we have now? And I just, it's a kind of a hubris that I think we all have at times as Americans where uh, we kind of have the feeling that we're going to be on the planet forever and it doesn't matter what we do to it or to each other, we're fine. And that scares me. You have, you have Black Lives Matters painted, you know, in, in, in big letters on the courts. And many of your players have these special messages on their, on their jerseys. It is, a, it is a massively transformative time. It feels like it. Do, do you feel that inside the bubble? I mean, do you recognize the impact this is having on society overall? How do you think about it? We're all very serious. Uh, just to give you some examples, you know, the Board of Governors have started the NBA Foundation in, in coordination with the Players Association under Michelle Roberts and Chris Paul and his executive committee, uh, where they've committed $300 million to empowering career development, uh, economic opportunity in black communities. 
Uh, you know, the coaches association under Lloyd Pierce, who's the coach of the Atlanta Hawks, uh, started the NBA coaches for racial justice in coordination with the Obama Foundation and the Equal Justice Initiative to uh, make sure that in all 30 NBA cities, we're not just talking about this. Uh, you know, people talk and thoughts and prayers and all those trite things, uh, teaming up with local grassroots organizations, whether it's about uh, police brutality or the environment or healthcare or education, to really partner and have a voice to have change. That's amazing, Coach. I mean, there is an incredible voice here, and it has high impact. When it comes to Black Lives Matters and the issues of racial justice, is there an end goal here or a definition of success when it comes to the NBA's efforts and all the things that you're talking about? Yeah, you know, the goal is to take it beyond speech and just recognition that there's a problem. Uh, any reasonable individual knows that uh, we have a race problem that has never been solved or addressed appropriately. But actions on a grassroots level in all these cities to partner with organizations to address issues on a local level seems to be the answer, because from a national level, it's not going to happen. Just overall, it's obviously an unusual time. You're, you're playing basketball in this bubble in the middle of a pandemic with this massive cultural conversation going around on the issues that you're, you're mentioning. What is, what is morale like inside the bubble then? We're talking about a lot of competitive people. And they want to play. They've worked hard for this. They want to crown a champion this year. They want to compete. So uh, it keeps them motivated. And now that games have begun, it goes really fast. Because when you're playing every other day, uh, you don't have time for modeling or anything like that. Are the players playing as hard? I mean, does it feel the same to you in terms of the overall game? Yeah, I can tell you, honestly, if you watch any portion of any of these games, you're going to see... Uh, how competitive they are and how much they want to win. That is an absolute. What's different is not having a crowd. <laughs> and so it's, in a sense, it sort of requires you to muster uh, even more motivation from yourself rather than from fans. Because, you know, home court is a big deal probably. You know, for some teams, it's uh, even a bigger deal because uh, they have some arenas that, you know, really uh, rock and roll. So this is on each player to continue to motivate themselves. And you see it, you see it on the court. It's just weird not to have people yelling and screaming all the time. Other than that, when the ball goes up, it's bitter battle between the two teams. And afterwards it's, you know, walk by each other to the food room for camaraderie. <laughs> it's very odd. Sad to say that Coach Pop and the San Antonio Spurs are now leaving the bubble since they did not make it to the playoffs. But the team was part of a successful experiment during the most unusual NBA season in history. And that's a lesson we can all stand to learn. How do we live our lives and reclaim some sense of normalcy while still being mindful of the risks and doing everything we can to protect ourselves and our communities? I've had my eyes on the NBA this season, not just as a sports fan, but as a doctor too. If the NBA bubble is a success, then perhaps we can find a way to adapt that model and help the rest of the country, too. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. 
We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back Monday. Thanks for listening. Coronavirus Fact versus Fiction is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is the executive producer. Felicia Patinkin is the senior producer, along with Amanda Seeley and Nadia Kunang from CNN Health. Raj Makija is the senior manager of production operations, with additional help from Michael Nettleman. This week's episodes were produced by Anne Lagamayo, Emily Liu, Aaron Mathewson, Evan Chung, Madeline Thompson, Rachel Cohn, Zach St. Louis, and Zoe Saunders. Nathan Miller is our engineer, and David Toledo is the team's production assistant. Special thanks to executive producer of CNN Health, Ben Tinker, as well as Ashley Lusk, Courtney Coop, and Daniel Cantor from CNN Audio. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.